They say when a baby is born, so is a mother. But while you are there to help your baby grow into the person he or she is meant to be, who is there to help you? Many women feel lost and alone when they become mothers, wondering, who am I now? Sometimes it feels like the transformation from woman to mother is as radical as a caterpillar's transformation into a butterfly. Did you know that inside the chrysalis, the caterpillar literally turns into goop before it rearranges itself into a butterfly? This podcast is about the goop, what soul transformation looks like as you transition from being a woman to a mom. Your baby's growth matters, but yours does too. You're not alone. I'm your host, Brittany Ming. Welcome to the Motherhood Metamorphosis. Hey everyone, welcome to the Motherhood Metamorphosis. I am your host, Brittany Ming, and today we are here with Awunli Augustase. She is a founder of happywifey.site, a digital platform that publishes resources to help young women to achieve their dreams. She is also a Christian woman speaker and writer. For the past seven years, she has contributed to several leading blogs, magazines, and newspapers on women's issues. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Brittany, for having me. So glad to be on your show. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. So when we were chatting about what to talk about today for the show, you wrote to me that you were passionate about how motherhood can make you feel like your dreams can't be realized. And you said you wanted to talk to other women about how that may be only for a season or just for a little while. So tell me, I'd love to hear you tell your story about this and why you're passionate about this topic. Okay. Um, while I was in school, before, while I was in graduate school, um, I had so many dreams of what I wanted to do with my life, you know. So before the year on the end, which I was supposed to graduate, I got married. You know, it just marriage just happened suddenly, and motherhood began almost immediately. You know, I had my first child, and a year and nine months after, I had my second child. Mm-hmm. So you know, it was kind of overwhelming for me. And I, I found myself crying at some point. And I asked myself, is this the life I designed for myself? Is this how I'm going to end up? Because I found that my routine was, you know, waking up in the morning, not having to sleep properly at night. Then waking up in the morning, involved in taking care of the kids throughout the day. And there wasn't any time for my own self. You know, I cried so many nights. And at one point, I asked my father, why is a woman's life this you know, hectic, this burdensome. And he said, that's just the world we live in. It's a woman's responsibility to bring a child into this world, to nurture the children, to be involved in domestic chores. And I thought, this is not fair. Why, should, why shouldn't, you know, because in our society, it is believed that um, a woman's role, a, a woman is totally responsible for the nurturing responsibilities and the domestic chores. She hardly finds, you know, support. She hardly gets support from her spouse, especially if the spouse is um, this kind of man that thinks that it's a woman's responsibility to take care of the home, you know. So it was really overwhelming for me. And then again, at a point in time, I watched um, a television series called Genius. It was about the story of um, Albert Einstein. You know, Albert and Mileva were, they were students in um, a Zurich police technique. They, they fell in love with each other. They got married. Albert continued with his education, but Amileva couldn't because she got pregnant. And as a result of the gender discrimination she encountered, 
in school at that time. So she couldn't further her education. So, you know, you see this couple who started out well, they were both ambitious, but the husband could further his own education. You know, he could pursue his professional dreams, but she couldn't because she was stuck because of motherhood and gender discrimination. So that frustration she had, you know, rubbed off on her marriage and her children. You know, when I watched that movie, I felt a connection. I felt really sad. I, I, it kind of made me feel, as, when I was in school, I didn't really think a woman's, you know, life was this hectic or a woman, you know, kind of encounters this kind of challenges. You know, there's this invisible barrier between her and her dreams when she gets married and starts having children. I really never thought of anything like that. Nobody told me anything like that. My mom had six kids, but I didn't really see her struggle. So, but when I started having my own struggle, I, 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 I started praying for her. I was like, so you mean you had six kids and I just have two and I'm already overwhelmed. You know, I felt that, um, I, I felt, it, it, I, I was feeling that pain of every mother, you know. So when I watched Mileva's story, I felt really pained. I felt really sad. I felt passionate to help other women. I, I, I felt the need to provide support, to provide encouragement for other women who may have found themselves in the kind of shoes I was in at the time. You know, when I got married, I moved from the city where I was to a new city. And it was also difficult for me to get a job. So I wasn't only overburdened with having to take care of my children. I also had financial difficulties because I wasn't earning any income of my own. And so it reminded me of someone I had met earlier before I got married. She confided in me, like she also left, you know, the city where she was to join her spouse, but she didn't, couldn't get a job. You know, getting a job is quite difficult, especially when you get married or when you're pregnant. So it's quite difficult for you to get a job. So when she confided in me, she was crying because, you know, she was really overboarding. Her spouse's income wasn't enough to meet the family expenses. And then it was like she couldn't find any platform where she could express her talents or abilities. So it really made me become passionate to helping other women, to making women know from the things I've learned so far in my journey that, you know, motherhood shouldn't stand as a barrier between you and achieving your dreams. It's really an overwhelming time in a woman's life, but there is a way around it. Yeah, that's great. I can really relate to the things that you're saying. Because I've come against those same challenges in my own life. I started my master's degree when my twins were about 15 months old. So I had two babies under two and I was going for this master's degree and I did it in two years, like the normal time that you would do it. And it was really hard. And I wrote a thesis, like I did the whole thing. And then I started working, but it really gave me a sense of purpose um, and I thought, okay, I did this. Like, I'm, I'm a woman who's going to, you know, have the family, have the husband, have the career. Like, this is my, this is my chosen goal. So fast forward about five years and my son was diagnosed with autism. And that really threw my plans for a loop because he's had to start all this therapy. And so by this time I had four kids. And I was um, working and I was started taking him to therapy like four or five times a week. And I could not do it. I couldn't, that dream was not, 
I couldn't realize that dream anymore because I was breaking down mentally and emotionally from the strain of that. So I stopped working so that I could be less stressed and take care of my kids and my son who needed me. And I thought, okay, eventually I'll get back to working, but I haven't yet. And it's been about seven years. (laughs) So, wow. Yeah. So you think I thought, okay, in that choice, because this is a choice like that women face, like, do I choose my family or do I choose my own career? My dream. Yeah. Um, And I've had to, it's still something that I struggle with. It was something that I really had to grieve over. Like it was a full on grief that I had to mourn and realize that these dreams were not going to be realized. However, I think that in choosing my son and choosing my own mental health, because I couldn't do all those things and be mentally healthy. Like I was experiencing severe anxiety and depression. And so I needed to get healthy for myself. And so I think in a way, like I was still able to choose myself and show up in the ways that I needed to show up in my life for my kids even if that was alongside my own grief of not having my career. So talk to me about maybe a grief that you felt or maybe a purpose that you found in helping these women. Have you seen these women experience grief in their own life as they try to navigate both their dreams and their families? Yeah, I have. Um, As a matter of fact, at a volunteering camp one year, um, we're just women. We were, it was, we're celebrating our national independence. And so we went, for, um, we went to um, give out food items to the less privileged. So after doing that, we said, you know, talking about our lives, our individual lives. And one woman asked, she said, why does, why does a woman's dream die the moment she gets married and starts having kids? You know, that, that, the way she asked the question, it hit me hard. You know, I couldn't answer. I couldn't give her a response. I just nodded in affirmation because I was going through the same thing. You know, she felt you know, there's this loss of identity. Mm-hmm. There's this loss of identity that comes with being a mother. You know, you don't know who you are anymore. You, 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 because you are involved in the lives of, you know, the people you have brought into this, the children you have brought into this world, as well as that of your house. And again, I was being invited to speak for a conference, a women's um, conference on work-life balance. As I made my research, I found that a lot of women are being, you know, they are falling under the weight of being a mother. It's, it's too much a thing to handle. You know, there is usually this overwhelming feeling you get with having to, you know, um, um, change diapers and having to fit, like in my own case, I had um, three of them in three years, you know, have to feed them together. I have to bathe them together. I have to, you know, they couldn't do anything for themselves. Okay. So at that point in time, I was mourning the loss of my own self because there wasn't any, there wasn't me. So these women, I think at that time, at that period in time as well, they're also mourning a lot of their own dreams what they had aspired to become, you know, there isn't any woman I had, you know, I had come across, you know, at that point in time that I wouldn't say, oh, um, 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 
I'm, I no longer know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see the, the woman looks unkept. She hasn't made her hair for like two weeks or three weeks. She hasn't, she hasn't been to the um, um, salon to um, you know, take care of her nails. You know, she, she, she just, you know, she's just um, not the person. She's not just the same person she used to be. And she misses that person she used to be. She can't even, for the first five years of a woman's life, when she get, gets married and starts having kids, she wouldn't know who she is anymore mm-hmm. until the kids get older before she's able to regain her sense of self-worth. Or if she's able to have new dreams, for some women, they may not be able to have new dreams anymore. They may not be able to have the ability to dream anymore. They may give up on themselves. But for some women, they may have new dreams, you know, and, you know, they wouldn't remember what they had aspired to be when they were younger. So they begin to pursue new dreams. But for some people, they just lost, you know, they, they just, you know, um, forgo their ambition altogether just to, you know, invest themselves in the lives of those people, of the children they've breasted and that of their spouse. At my own time, when I was going through those um, emotions at that point in time, while I was, I was always trying, because, you know, every woman is different in terms of physical ability. I find that I'm not really um, that strong when it comes to um, 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 exerting physical energy in getting things done. So I, I was falling, I was really um, feeling that difficulty in moving around the house, you know, trying to get things done. And I confided in some women who had older children, but they really didn't see things from my perspective. They told me that I was lazy. So that's why I could not keep up with, you know, taking care of my own, of my children. And I also felt because I had them, you know, I had issues with, I had fertility issues. So, you know, when I got the chance to start, give, when I got the chance to give birth to my children, I had to rush it up, you know. So I felt that because there was, there was no proper um, space between them, that was why I was really, you know, being overburdened with having to um, take care of them all at once. But I couldn't find anyone who saw, who understood what I was going through. You know, they said I was lazy. And that made me to cry even more, you know, because I couldn't find someone to lean on or someone to, you know, give me that support that I needed at that point in time. Yeah, that's really hard. I think that caregiving even if we are prepared for motherhood, even if we always wanted to be a mother or we, we chose the time, like we were able to get pregnant when we wanted to. And this was like a very deliberate act. I think that most women are very overwhelmed by how much caregiving takes over your entire life. And it can feel, especially for new moms, And it sounds like from your experience, having um, three children in three years, that was just a very overwhelming time for you. And one where you felt like, wow, I don't even know who I am anymore. I've changed completely. How can I find me again? So when did you start feeling like yourself again? And how did you know? As they became older, they could do some certain things for themselves. Like my last child, now he, he can go to the bathroom, he can clean himself up. You know, that makes me so happy because I hate keeping people. <laughs> the, the part of motherhood I hate so much is that of the bathroom, having to clean up, you know, having gone to the bathroom. So now he can clean up himself. And because I, I have two girls and a boy, the boy is the last. The two girls can help me, you know, to arrange the house, to sweep the floor when I'm not too, uh, when I'm tired. 
you know, they can play on their, I don't have to go after them. I don't have to, they can eat on their own now. Unlike before where I have to feed them, they can do some things on their own. And then again, I discovered writing. You know, you know, I said earlier on that I couldn't um, get a job because I got pregnant almost immediately after getting married. So I couldn't get a job. So I started reading some blogs on how to combine what, I mean, how to navigate motherhood. So it helped me with um, some tips. I also discovered writing. I started writing for some blogs, you know, and I was, get, I was being paid. So that kind of, you know, made me to find hope again, made me hopeful that I could still become something even, up, if, even after having, you know, my um, kids. And I also got remote jobs. And I also own my own blog where I talk about um, other things that matter and where I provide inspiration for other women who are also having, who are also struggling with, you know, motherhood um, challenges. So those things, this, those things that I began doing made me feel hopeful again, made me feel alive again. It made me know that, okay, even if I have kids now, I could still combine, you know, because of technology has enabled a number of things. With technology, I could, I could launch my idea or my business using technology. So I don't have to leave my um, peaceful environment to get anything done. I could be at home and still realize my dreams because of technology. So that made me feel hopeful again. That made me feel alive again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I really like that. I think the technology has given, it is really a gift to modern mothers because there is so yeah. much pressure on us in our culture just to be everything do everything be that super mom even if we want to push away that ideal i think that pressure is still there and so but i think technology has given people a voice and it has helped a lot of women find purpose and that's my story too is as a writer and even starting this podcast it was something that i had been wanting to do for about 3 years and as i as I've gone further away from my working life, because I was a teacher at a university after um, I got my master's degree. But as I've gone further away from teaching, I've had to realize those new dreams for myself and realize what gifts, what about my gifts can I still offer to the world? Even though I'm with my children at home, what are things that I still have to offer? And I realized I do have a lot in myself that I can give to the world. It's not just I've given up on who I am and what my ambitions are. It's realizing, yes, like I am worthy. I have gifts. And what is it that I can do to pursue my own dreams? And that's something that's really valuable. And I think that if I was going to tell any woman listening to this is like, you still have something to offer to the world. If you have that passion. Yeah, if you have that fire in you, even if you're scared, like you can pursue it. And it might take a lot longer than you think. Like I've been thinking about this podcast for about um, well over a year, maybe even two years. I felt like there were a lot of barriers, but I'm finally I was like, I just have to do it. I have to do it even if I'm scared. So I think that realizing that even if the path looks different than you thought, you can still find joy in finding out new ways of being yourself. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, so what would you tell another woman 
who was feeling like you did in those very early years of motherhood before your son potty trained before like all that happened like what would you tell her a woman who's like in the thick of it who's feeling like she's completely lost maybe even feeling bitter like this isn't what my life was supposed to look like what truth could you speak into her life right now then for those women who are um going through what you know what we've been through like you're experiencing a loss of your dreams, you're experiencing overwhelm. I would like to say it's only for a while. It's only for a while. Like in my case, I, I regret not having been vested in that moment. If you ask me about the memories I made with my kids at that point in time, I really don't have memories because I was absent. I was there, but I was absent as a result of what I was going through. I magnified the pain. Let me put it that way. I magnify the pain rather than being vested in that moment where, you know, this trend asked me to bring them to the world. It, it was a choice I made. I brought them to the world. So at that point in time, I owe them the responsibility to take care of them at that point in time. But I was absent. So I, I'll tell every mom that is feeling overwhelmed right now, be present. It's only for a while. And then you need to have a conversation with your spouse. And um, recently I had a, an interview with a friend. We we're talking about work-life balance. And she said something profound. Build your support system before you need them. So if, you, if, you, if, if you're unable to have a support system, you, you talk to your spouse to help you, you know, in those areas where you're feeling overwhelmed. Let them provide support for you because you can't do it alone. We can't do it alone. You understand? I know um, um, society has um, 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 defined a woman as one who is supposed to be in charge of the domestic church, in charge of the nurturing of the children. But we need support. We need support. That, so we have to talk to our spouses to provide that support that we need. We can't do it alone. Because when we keep on doing it alone, you know, uh, our mental health, you know, is um, how I put it. I don't know how to express it. But it's going to affect our mental health. And in the long run, we may not be, may not be happy in the long run. Like Mileva now, Mileva's rubbed it off on her marriage. And one of her children was hospitalized throughout his life, you know, because of the frustrations she was feeling inside of her. So rather than, you know, letting out your frustrations, find help, find someone who can provide support for you at that point in time. It's only, it's only going to be for a while. And I read a Forbes article recently that um, interviewed um, women who are over age 50. You know, um, the conclusion was that if you've invested the early years of your life in raising up your children, you can still achieve your dreams when you become older. So at that point in time where you're raising your kids, just be vested in that moment. Hold on to the fact that it's only for a while and you can have new dreams. There is no end to how much you can dream. Okay, there is no end to it. So you can have new dreams. Forget about what you've had before. There is still more, you know, there's still an ample, I mean, there's still, there, there's still an ample opportunity for you to have new dreams. As long as you are alive, you can still dream and you can still have anything you want to become. Yeah, I really like that. I think that I love that you said as long as you're alive. It's like, it's not that somehow the opportunity is lost. I have this friend on Facebook and she, um, her kids are about my age, my kid's age. So I have 14 years old all the way down to two. So her girls are, I think, 15, 14 and 12. And she just went through law school and is taking the bar. And she um, actually 
just took the bar and didn't pass. But she said, I am not going to give up. I'm still pursuing my dreams. I'm, I can take it again in six months. And she's showing her daughters what it means to have life lessons through failure. She's like, I always tell my girls that even if you fail, there's something you can learn. She's like, and now I guess I can, I get to really express that to them because she didn't pass the bar the first time. So, but she is pursuing her dreams, um, but maybe she couldn't do it when her kids were toddlers. Her kids are almost all teenagers now, but she's able to pursue the law degree and become a lawyer that she wanted to do for years. Because I remember talking to her about that when we were, our kids were in kindergarten and first grade, she was talking about how she wanted to go back to school to be a lawyer. And I was like, you go girl, like you do that. But it took her a while. And, but that dream was still alive in her and she was able to to work it out. So I think I would, in addition to everything you said, which I think is such good advice, I think I would just say, be patient with yourself and don't beat up on yourselves so much to say, I'm never going to do this or this is never going to happen for me. Like having that perspective that it may be just take time. And this is the season to be present with the little ones. I also really like what you said about trying to find balance in life. I've been thinking a lot about that lately in that sometimes it's really tough to find balance, but I think it's easier to choose priorities and saying, maybe my priority right now is being present in my home with my little babies or my toddlers. And then later, my priority can be going back to school or starting a blog or whatever it may be when they go to kindergarten or when they're a little bit older or when they sleep better, whatever it may be. So having those goals for yourself and realizing that picking priorities doesn't mean you've given up on your dreams or who you are or what you want to pursue. Well, thank you so much. I love this conversation. I think it's really important and I really appreciate your honesty in sharing your struggles. And I think it's really going to speak to a lot of women. I like to ask these 10 rapid fire questions and they're just for fun. So are you ready? Yeah, I am. Um, What's one thing you must have on your nightstand? Hmm. My purse. Your purse? Yeah, you gotta have that. (laughs) What's your go-to treat after the kids go to bed? Hmm. Um, a bottle of drink. Yeah. What's your favorite? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite drink? Um, malt. I take malt a lot. I I tend to hide it so that no one will find it. <laughs> <laughs> hide it inside my bed. Yeah, your it's your guilty pleasure. <laughs> what is an ordinary moment that brings you great joy? Hmm. Just spending time being myself alone, journaling. Or thinking about you know some little things I did to inspire myself to work harder. What's the last show that you binged and loved? Hmm, How to Get Away with Mother. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah, I like that one too. If you run out of this, you have to go to the store. Okay, eggs. Eggs. Yeah. Oh, we always have to have eggs in our house too. Yeah, that's a must-have. Who makes you laugh? Wow, my last child. Yeah, your youngest. He always says funny. He always says funny things. 
How old is he? He's four. Four. Okay. Yeah. Four-year-olds are hilarious. Do you prefer texting or talking on the phone? Talking on the phone. Texting is such a huge task. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, just get it over with with the phone call. What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to traveling around the world. <laughs> traveling to different um, 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 countries. That's one of my dreams. What's your What's your number one country? What's on your bucket list? Australia. Australia. Oh, I love to go to Australia too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last one. Finish this sentence. Motherhood is. Oh, motherhood is life. <laughs> is life. Yeah. I really like that because life can be so many things. It can be hard. It can be beautiful. But yeah, mm-hmm. it is life. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. If you want to follow Awunli, you can find her on Facebook at Happy Wifey. And I will share your contact information in the show notes. Thanks so much, Moonlee. I'm so glad you could be here today. Thank you for having me. I had fun with these questions. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, friends. I'm so glad you chose to spend your time listening to this episode today. I hope it encouraged you and gave you some good food for thought. In 2022, I want to keep bringing thought-provoking, soul-affirming, high-quality content to you. In order to do this, I want to ask for your support. If you're loving this podcast, write a review in Apple Podcasts or leave some stars in Spotify. In the wonderful world of social algorithms, this is how new listeners will find the podcast. Next, tell your friends. If you know another mom who is in the goop right now, send her a text of encouragement and a link to the episode that is speaking to your heart right now. I'd also love to have you join us over on our Facebook page. You can find it by searching for the Motherhood Metamorphosis Podcast. Finally, you can dig deeper into the podcast by becoming a Patreon supporter. I'd love to have you listen in on a bonus solo episodes, which air on the last Monday of each month. I share stories about my own motherhood journey and practical insights about how to navigate your own transformation and growth. You can find the Patreon account at patreon slash the motherhood metamorphosis. Thank you again for listening and for all your support of this podcast. If you ever have any questions, comments, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email me at brittanyaming at gmail.com.